Mic check, mic check. One, two, check, check, check. Just making sure we on. We're back. We're back, we're back, we're back. Um, it's a quick turnaround. Very quick turnaround. I wanted to do a quick turnaround um, this after, this evening um, due to Jimmy Garoppolo's preseason debut, him making his first passes, him playing his, him playing his first start, and... It is going against a first-team defense against the Denver Broncos, who the Denver Broncos have a very good defense, especially their front seven with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on this side. So I wanted to give you guys this pod, and I wanted to talk about a couple things, a couple big news, actually, that have, that that came out either through the, throughout the weekend or later on that on Friday. Uh, that I just couldn't get to on the previous podcast. So I'm gonna start with the Jay Z. Jay Z and his cold partnership, um, his you know basically with the NFL. Um, when, when it was time to when it was time for the NFL to choose, and they went as they were picking their halftime uh, performances, who, who their artists, who was gonna do it. Jay Z was very vocal. He was very adamant about certain artists such as Travis Scott taking on a performance like the NFL and Travis he told Travis he told Travis Scott, Hey, don't take that deal. Don't don't perform at the show. Um and then in one of his lyrics on Ape, I can't say the other word, um, not on the pod well, I'ma say it. Ape shit on the on the song Ape Shit, he he basically describes he expl- he, he basically says I don't need the NFL. The NFL needs me. Okay. Um, and now we have it here. It was announced on, I think, Friday or Thursday. Later later last week it was announced that Jay-Z would have the, with, he would have the partnership with the entertainment and, show, and social justice making with the NFL. He had that co-partnership. That's big for Hove. Um... But it to to the be blunt, I'm gonna be blunt because when it when when it's time to talk about these and have these quote unquote difficult tough conversations, and when it's time to address the elephant in the room, you know I gotta be blunt. So and I'm gonna be blunt all the time, but I have to be extra blunt and I have to be real when I'm discussing this topic in a topic such as such of this magnitude. And to the black community, it's, it, it feels that the, the black community, the community, the, the shared part of the community, the black community that is right now currently frustrated with Hove, Jay-Z, who's taking on this NFL partnership deal where he was repeatedly, he was notably, he spoke out about it, he was very he was a prominent figure in speaking out on the NFL and its issues. And when it came time to for for the NFL to search for those artists to perform in the halftime show or anything that was brought up we, with entertainment in the NFL, Jay-Z put it under the rug. Jay-Z denied it. He told artists, don't, don't, don't do nothing with the NFL. Don't have no association with the NFL. Now, apparently, um, I didn't check my sources, but I'm a reliable source. 
did state Jermaine Dupree, who's from Atlanta, ATL, he was offered the same deal as Jay-Z, but Jay-Z told him, don't accept that deal. So he told him to decline and turn down that deal. And then Jay-Z, as we all know, he has this deal and he got it. And there's nothing wrong with that because I get it, okay, you know, the NFL, they're going to do the entertainment thing with Rock Nation. That's good for Rock Nation. And then, you know, he's a part of the social justice, like, I guess, movement or thing with the NFL, association with the NFL. So he's a part of that. Okay, so it seems like the NFL is trying to make strides to solve their problem. Because I would say the biggest, like, two problems that's on on the field-wise, well, on and off the field in the NFL was that Kaepernick issue and the safety issue with the head concussions and the head trauma and the CTE and the brain damage. CTE and the Kaepernick social justice, I guess you you could call it, issue was the top two issues that the NFL faced. Um, They had a couple rule changes this year, but those were the top two issues. And uh, it's the, the... the thing that Cap was fighting for is not necessarily solved due to, you know, we still have police officers sh- shooting and harming unarmed black men or black people, period. Um, we, that That is still going on in, in some cases that we still have recurring themes of that, but that's a part of life. But I have to be real. It seems very hypocritical of Jay-Z to take on such a position like this with the NFL and to take on and to be able to sit in a room with Roger Goodell and the and the whole NFL and the owners and the ownership to take on this type of deal. It seems very hypocritical. Some people might look at it as selfish with Hove taking the deal and including himself and Rock Nation in association with the NFL. And now, you know, because just a few months ago, during last year's football season, regular season, postseason, Super Bowl, Hove had a different take on the NFL. He had a different perspective on the NFL. He didn't want, he didn't want other artists, mainly black artists, colored artists, rappers, to feed into the NFL, to bring money to the NFL, to to generate revenue to the NFL. He didn't want that. And now it seems like, you know, it's like, uh, some, and I get some, I get where some of the frustration comes from within the black community and not just even the black community. Cause I was watching a couple of shows today and I think, and I want to do, I, I think Skip Bayless, anytime it, it becomes, I was watching Skip Bayless show Undisputed this morning and I think anytime it comes to this black issue or issues within the black community, but it carries over to the actual sport or any improper so improper um, issue that was taken by the law or judicial system, I would have to say Skip Bayless does a great job with answering and how the way he take on these questions when they're debating the topic. And not necessarily debating because that topic today, Shannon and Shannon Sharp, his co-host, 
and uh and Skip weren't debating. They were on the same page. I would have to say Skip Bayless does a great job as a white old as a older white male. He does a great job with tackling those questions and getting through those tough conversations because that can be tough on Skip Bayless, who's white, who's an older white guy. That can be tough on Skip Bayless. So he does, and I know, and I've been noticing that for a long time um, since I've been watching since. Skip was on ESPN, and he had a show on First Take, and he did it with Stephen A. Smith. And then now with Fox, with Shannon Sharp on Undisputed, he does a great job with tackling questions and topics such as this or surrounding these type of things. He does a great job with tackling those questions and answering those questions head on and still being real. And he even mentioned Hey, he he's a he was a big Jay Z fan, and he was backing Jay Z, and he saw that Jay Z supported Kaepernick's stance, and then when the news came out, even Skip Bayless said, "Hey, I felt betrayal. I felt betrayed. I felt I, he he said it. He said it feels like Jay Z sold out, and I get it. That's where some of the that's where most of the black community or some of the black communities that that's their issue with Jay Z in this move." Because you were just, a couple months, seven months ago, you were saying something different about this corporation and this, and this private sector that the NFL is. And now, you're shifting your whole perspective and you take on a deal and now you guys are co-partnering and you're doing, you're working in entertainment and the social. But, to play at devil's advocate and to see where to see where he's coming from and to see where this can possibly lead to this this is a step where Colin was looking even though Colin doesn't have a job and Colin Kaepernick is out of a job and it's just, it's, it's actually crazy because the, the 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 Philadelphia Eagles just signed and blong on on Mac um McCown he they bring on the backup McCown, the forty year old backup. They bring him on. Kaepernick is they bring him out of the booth. They bring they bring they bring John McCown out of the booth. Kaepernick is younger than John McCown. John McCown is 40, 40, 40 something years old. How is that? So it just shows you the hypocrisy that is still lying lying within the league. But with whole ticket on the deal. With him wanting, with him wanting to be a potential owner, and having being a majority owner of a of a NFL football team, this is showing strides, and this is taking the these are the proper steps to take in making strides to you know to basically I mean let's be honest to open some of these owners' minds or because because you know you want to be honest you want to be real you want to be blunt. Most of these guys is all all thirty two owners are white, and most of these guys are older, white males, white females maybe, and they can be closed minded to certain things, certain things that affect the black community that the, the black community are not op- that are not closed minded to. They're closed minded, so maybe withhold stance in his position and with him being in the actual same room 
with these collective owners and these guy with these high ranked guys, maybe this opens up a door. Maybe. Just maybe. Now I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's getting a lot of talk and everybody has their their own opinion about it and I get it. It's a very well talk it's a talked about topic. Um some shows didn't even tackle it, but I get it. But I was gonna talk about it. I'm gonna you know, we're gonna talk about the, the elephants in the room. We gotta we're gonna have to talk because we we're gonna talk about sports, we gotta talk about what's going on in sports and the NFL is big, and the NFL football is big, especially here. And the NFL has had its off the field problems, and we gotta we gotta talk about this. And this relates to Kaepernick, so I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk about this. And I, and I probably should have talked about this the previous podcast, but like I said, I had already the previously previous podcast was go. I already said I already had a set. Agenda what I was talking about But this whole move It seems a little bit hypocritical But maybe with him getting in the same room With some of these close Well some of these closed minded Owners Maybe this can open up Another lens to them Maybe this can open up another side of their brain And get them thinking Oh I never thought like that or, Oh I never saw it like that You know what I'm saying so I, I think I think I think this is this is um this is monumental and it's one step closer to I guess the ultimate goal and what we're looking for. Um because diverse you wanna talk about diversity, everybody wants to talk about diversity and bringing diversity. Um having all 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 of the owners being white as thirty two teams and thirty two owner positions all of them are white. That's not diverse. So, you know, this brings some diverse, some diversity. Um, but I see that's an important topic to talk about. And like I said, I'm gonna be blunt about these topics when it comes to these social issues. I'm gonna be, th- I'm gonna be blunt and I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna talk about them. Um, but this whole thing is that's good for Rock Nation. Um, Rock Nation, you know, monumental. Hove Jay Z is one of the, you know, influent most one of the most influential, prominent figures within the black community. So it's just one step t- closer to what we are looking for. So, uh, you know, it's this this is a good move, but I do get the frustration and the disappointment, um, where some. Where some of the black community may stand, I get it, I get it, because he is it, it, the way how it comes out and the way how it looks and perceived. It, it seems like Jay Z sold out, but looks can be deceiving. Looks can be deceiving, and um, I want to also say, Eric read his comments, his comments. You know, he talked about Jay Z, and he basically he he his facial expression throughout the interview, or while he was asked that question, and while he was answering that question, it, you know, he was like, yeah, he had that look like, yeah, he sold out. But last time I checked, Eric Reed, you get paid to play in NFL 
correct? Okay. Okay. So I, I just wanted to get on that Eric Reed situation because you get paid to play for the NFL for an NFL roster as well. You get paid to play in it for an NFL roster as well. So everybody's collecting their money. And you might think of it as a money grab. Okay, so what? And this is just another way, another systematic way where they putting two black brothers against each other. Another systematic way. We talked about systematic ways with the Rich Paul and the NCAA and their little new rule that they just came out, came up with. That supposedly quotation marks, air quotes, quote unquote, supposed to be, you know, putting the, making sure their players are in the are in good hands once they leave their institution. Just another systematic way to put two brothers together, to get to put two brothers against each other. Another systematic way. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time on this uh, topic anymore. I already put enough good energy and time in it. Well said. Um, so let's talk about. AB AB was we're gonna I'm just gonna go on and continue to talk about AB AB Antonio Brown uh, he reported to Raider camp today and he showed up to the facility but to my knowledge and the details that I would that some source that all the sources that I saw that have coverage within the Raider camp Raider organization. It seems like there was no pra- there was really no practice today, so there was no need for the helmet. And I just reported, if you're not posted, keep I keep got I keep people posted, my listeners posted, um, with the Isaiah Kid podcast on on Instagram, Isaiah Kid podcast. I keep people posted, and that's what I do. So I just posted that a a Antonio Brown's he's filing a new grievance against the NFL because he still wants to wear the damn helmet. <sighs> he still wants to wear the helmet. And he reported to Raider Camp today. He reported to my Raider, Raider Camp today. Didn't Mind you, missed practice on Sunday. He reported today. Now, uh, it's like, it's, it's never an ending story with this guy. And he's... And I like Terrell Owens, and I like Antonio Brown, and and both are gifted and talented, and both are T.O.'s a Hall of Fame already. And Antonio Brown, he has Hall of Fame potential. Both team obliterators. They're both team obliterators. That is my nickname for T.O. T.O. is a team obliterator, and he was a, he was a he was a team obliterator throughout his career. He was a team. He was a team obliterator throughout his career, and Antonio Brown's career is shaping up to be just like team obliterators. To is shaping up just the way, like it's just it's shaping up just the way To's career is shaping up. Both small, they both went to small town colleges, overlooked really for you know when in the during the draft, they get drafted to rich franchises, San Francisco and Pittsburgh. You know those franchises can't take all the chaotic antics that they that comes with them and all the childish acts. They can't take it, but for so long they don't care how talented you are. They move off of them. 
AB moved off. Pittsburgh moved off AB. Now he's with Oakland. Now Oakland, I think this Oakland mess is a little bit deeper than AB. Because I can keep picking on, picking on, picking on AB all day long. But this Oakland mess, it stems from, first, management, of course. It always starts at the top. Management and ownership, it always starts at the top. But, John Gruden. John Gruden, John Gruden being the coach that he is. John Gruden was out of the game for a long time. It's hard to come back, and the game has changed. Wasn't like he was an offensive coordinator for some time. He was still involved with teams in the game. No, he was just doing Monday night. He was just calling Monday night football games. That's all. Now, now he's on a ten-year deal. He's on a second year of this ten-year deal of a hundred million dollars, and the Raiders look absolutely horrible. The Raiders look absolutely horrible, and every move that they didn't made, it doesn't make sense to what they said they were gonna do. It didn't make it does not it, it makes no sense whatsoever. It makes it makes no sense whatsoever. I already broke those break down broke down those moves that they made. They it was like, hey, we're not overpaying for guys. We're not gonna pay big money for guys in free agency. No, we're gonna build through the draft, we're gonna be young. This is gonna be a youth movement. What do you know? They signed left tackle. Trent Brown, make him the highest paid offensive lineman in, in NFL history. And then they move him the right tackle. He played left tackle. His, his original position is left tackle. Now he's playing right tackle. Dysfunction. Dysfunction. You want to talk about dysfunction? That's dysfunction right there. That's dysfunction right there. Then they say, hey, we don't want no stars. We don't want no big ego stars. What do you know? You get Antonio Brown for a third round. You all you all you trade is a third round, fifth round pick for Antonio Brown, and you got a star with the biggest ego in league in the league. Like he he Antonio Brown is now the star with the biggest ego in the league due to this Hillman situation. And I, like I said, I can keep banging on Antonio Brown, and I can keep banging on how unwind how. Stupid he looks right now, and how dumb he looks right now, and how selfish he looks. I can keep doing that all day. I've been. This is my. This is. This will be not. This will be my third or fourth. Third or fourth podcast where I just where I have a segment where I bash on Antonio Brown. I can do that all year, but he's gonna be him. John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders hire, and him having full control. Of this whole Raider organization does not make sense. And it's not working right now. It's not working right now. It's a bad it's a bad mix. And the Raiders, they hired him with hopes of, of him shifting and changing the Oakland Raider mindset. The Oakland Raider mantra. With changing the narrative of the Oakland Raiders the last 15 years. He has not done that. He has... I mean, he's making he's making it worse. He's making it worse, and they're gonna be they're gonna be getting they're gonna be playing in that new brand new stadium in in Las Vegas, and they're gonna be absolutely horrible. Some of the moves that John Gooden has made is terrible, and it doesn't make sense. First, you get rid of probably the best, some would say the second best defensive player in the league, and Khalil Mack, a guy that's egoless, don't really say much. Don't really see him. 
out there like that in, in the public. Quiet dude, but is productive as heck. And he, he, he can get to the quarterback, and he's, he's an all-timer. And you trade him away. You trade him away, and you didn't want to pay him. Then you give it a Amari Cooper. You trade away Amari Cooper, a productive wide receiver, a productive number one. He's not in the same class as Odell and DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Brown. He's not in that class or Julio. He's not in that class, but he is. Pro- he's a productive number one in this league. He can get separation. He's a good, talented receiver with good mechanics and good footwork and good route running skills. And low ego guy, don't say much, and you get rid of him. Absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible decisions. But then you bring on the diva star wide receiver who, age wise, is declining. He's on the back end of his prime, certainly on the back end of his prime, and he hasn't practiced and he barely played preseason games. So. We don't know what he's going to look like this year. And he hasn't even been in practice because because of the helmet issue, the foot issue. So we don't know. Like, I don't how how was Antonio Brown going to look week one? He has to have that connection with Derek Carr. We're, we're, we're about a couple weeks and we're a couple weeks removed from the first opening, the first game of the season, opening weekend, opening Sunday. We're we're a couple weeks away from that, and he doesn't. He probably doesn't know none of the. But half of the offense, it's absolutely terrible. But this is John Gruden. Like I said, I can bang on Antonio Brown all day, but this is John Gruden. This is his issue, and this is this is a problem, and it's not working. It is not a good match. And then John Gruden had the GM Mike Mayock calling for a meeting press press meeting, and it's like, whoa. It's like John Gruden has full control of this Oakland Raiders situation that he does. And and, Ma- and Mike Mayotte basically says, hey, basically says, hey, this is this is what it is. We lay down the table. We have supported Antonio Brown throughout this situation. And he's either in or out. All in or all out. And some would some thought around the Raiders organization in the Raider camp. Some thought that the Raiders might activate this new rule that I'm just now hearing about because it's never been used. It's the five-day sentence, the five-day letter. Like, it's a five-day letter mail thing. And it's basically, teams send a, they send a message out. They send, they send a letter out and basically saying, okay, this player is not going to play for us this year. He's not playing for any team this year. And Antonio Brown is basically kicked out of the NFL for an entire season. Basically, that is the moral, that is the entire moral of the new rule that has not been used. And it's basically taking extreme efforts. It's taking extreme efforts. And some of the Raiders, if he didn't show up today, some of the Raiders sources, sources close to the Raiders was thinking they might use that rule against Antonio Brown. So like I said, I can go I can go on and on about this thing all day every day, but I am not. I am not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Absolutely horrible. Bad situation in Oakland. Okay, we're back. Jimmy G. 
Jimmy G's debut, Jim, Jimmy G's preseason debut. I saw it. I watched it. I watched that entire game um, to in, to its entirety, even when the backups and third team guys, excuse me, when even when the backups and the third team guys came onto the field. Um, Jimmy G, his uh, stats tonight was one for six, zero yards, and one interception. Um, not a great, not a great performance. It was a, it was a bad performance. It was a bad performance. Uh, I was looking at the game. I'm suggesting that some of the plays that we saw, some of the, this playbook that we saw with Jimmy G and what he did, um, it's probably, it's, they're probably not going to be running this same stuff in the regular season. Um, but this is just a learning curve for Jimmy Garoppolo. It, it, it's going to be tough. He looked a little rattled in the pocket. Looked a little happy feet. Was not happy feet, but he was because because he was very still. He was he was very set in the he was set in the pocket and didn't really move up much. Didn't step up in the pocket. His pocket presence looked a little rusty. He looked rusty himself. Um, I'm I'm not sure if the nervousness or the anxiousness came from the knee injury and. You know, him trying to be cautious with the knee. I don't know. I don't know. You can saw you. You can see that he had a knee brace on. So I don't know how he was feeling. But to me, looking at the game, uh, I watched every snap of every snap that he took. He looked rattled in the pocket. His throws were he was throwing on the back foot. The throws that he made or the throws that all the throws that he made last night, all six throws that he made last night were not great. The interception was not great. Jimmy Garoppolo, it was just a bad night for that first team with the 49ers. Um, it was a bad night. It was a bad night. Uh, I, I expected a little bit more. That was kind of a little bit, a little bit of a disappointment from Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sure a lot of 49er fans were anticipating the hype, and they wanted to see Jimmy Garoppolo for the first time in almost a year since he's gotten hurt, right? So it was just a, it was a, it was a shellacking put on. And yes, I think in it, he did play against the Denver Broncos defense. I think the Denver Broncos first team. They have a playoff caliber type defense. It's just that I just don't know what I'm get from their offense, and they played in too strong of a division. But I get to that. But he did play against a Broncos defense that is good. They have some good pass rushers. Secondary is not bad. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on both sides, so it could be a little it could, it could be a little complicated right there. But I mean, it's the NFL. This is just what it is. He's he's a Jimmy Garoppolo's a starter. He's getting paid big time money. This is what this is what it's all about. This the pressure's on now. When you came in those last five games of two years ago, and then when you stepped in for Tom Brady when he was suspended um, for four games, you came in, you played your role, you went two and one, and then you went five and zero. Oh, stepping into Forty Niners when you got traded. It wasn't a lot of pressure. Now, people want to see you. You got paid. You're coming off the knee injury. And to what we saw last year, you you threw a couple. You threw three picks in three games. You, you know, 
People want to see what, what what the Jimmy Garoppolo hype is about, and I'm not off the bandwagon of the 49ers being my um my my, my surprise team. I think they're still going to be my surprise team, but I did find it a little disappointing that Jimmy Garoppolo played how the way he played in the game that he displayed tonight. I did I did find it a little disappointing. I found it very disappointing, and. I, I'm like I said. I'm still on my 49ers. I think they if Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy, I think they double their wins, and I think they can possibly make a run at the playoffs. Possibly, possibly. Don't mock. Don't quote me. But nine. I think they go nine and seven, eight and eight, and I think they can double their wins from four and twelve to nine and seven or eight and eight, and then I think they could possibly, possibly make a playoff push. Cause I want to get to a, a select group of teams where I think, where I think they may take a step back. I'm gonna get to that after this. So I'm still on the 49ers bad wagon. I'm still gonna, I, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna go with what I said. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he he's a, I think he's still a t- second. I think he's still in that tier two quarterback where, where he hasn't shown us as much. Production like a, a Carson Wentz has, or Deshaun Watson has, or, or Jerk Goff. He hasn't shown us to that level, but I think this year, you know, he gets some. He, he that's good that he had a showing like that. He gets some throws on it because he looked rusty, and I think some of that last night was just based off of him being rusty, him not being, him not playing for almost a year now. And the knee injury, I think some of that that we saw was rust and nervousness. It was rust and nervousness, and it's okay. Um, the the last drive, I thought I was actually expecting, I was actually expecting Kyle Shanahan to go to send him back out there and see what he could do one more time. But I guess three drives, he said he had enough, and we'll do what we got to do next time. Well, next preseason game, we'll we'll clean up some of the mess. But I like what I saw from the backups. It was a very entertaining game from my perspective. It was a very entertaining game. Uh, Joe Flacco, he came out and played really well. Um, Got a couple play-action plays, throw some balls were on point. Joe Flacco seems rejuvenated. Uh, He said he can't wait to get in that Broncos orange. I can't wait to see it. Um... I'm Denver is one of those teams for the last few years I have said if Denver can just find some consistent quarterback play and some consistent offense they are going to be they're going they're going to be they're going to be within the they're going to be in playoff talks they're going to be in the playoff reach because their defense is good their their defense is, has been a top caliber top tier defense for years and they just need to find. They just need to find some consistent offense. They need to find. They need to find some consistency at the quarterback position because their defense has been set for years. Their defense has been set for years, and they just haven't found the right group on offense for the last few years. That led to the vent, the vent, the vent, the Vince Joseph firing. That led to that. So once they find some consistent offense, I think the Broncos are a team to be on the lookout for, and they could and they could be very dangerous. 
They got they're gonna have they got home field advantage with the out with the high altitude in Denver. The defense plays great, especially at home. Find some consistent offense. Denver might be in playoff talks. But I like what I saw from Joe Flacco. I like what I saw from the backups from both sides. Um, C.J. Befford and Nick Mullins from Fort from San Francisco, and then Drew Locke. Drew Locke came in, played well, came, made a couple throws. Very, 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 very good. Drew Locke, draft rookie um, from Missouri. He, he 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 put he from Mizzou, Missouri, Mizzou, and he played up, put up, he put up great numbers in the SEC, but didn't. He didn't play on the center. It was it was a shotgun type of offense, and he just hasn't been under center. Been been under center. Um, his first snap under center, he he bobbled it, muffed it a little bit. He got it. It's okay. But after that, the nerves were gone. He made throws. He was poised. He seemed calm. I like what I saw from the from the backups after the first teams from the respect from both sides came in. I like what I saw. From both sides, from both sides of the backups, I like it. I like what I saw. It was a very entertaining game. That's why I kept watching it. Um, so yeah, that was that's my total analysis breakdown on Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, one for six, zero yards, one interception. wasn't a great showing. wasn't a great showing at all. Um, so let's move on. So you know how I gave you guys my Super Bowl bubble, where I think teams. Have a shot at the Super Bowl. Either they're in it or they're outside of it. My teams within that bubble. My teams within that bubble. I think I put in the AFC. In the in my Super Bowl bubble. I put the Patriots. The Colts. If Andrew Luck is healthy. And Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Inside my Super Bowl bubble in the AFC. I put them in it. Now, the teams that I had outside of it was the Steelers, the Browns, the Houston Texans, and the Chargers. Those are the teams that I had outside of it, if my memory serves me correct. And I'm pretty sure those are the teams that I had in and outside of it. The teams outside of it, I think they have a shot at the Super Bowl, but it's more of a long shot. And they, those teams are probably going to get to the playoffs and the Cleveland Browns. Those teams are probably going to get to the playoffs but I don't know, I don't quite know how far they can go. And they lack some things and some needs where, like Houston, they have a bad O-line. They have a bad O-line, and I just don't know how that fares up with Deshaun Watson. Are they going to be able to keep him upright? You know, Chargers, they got, they, they, they're the Chargers first. They, they, they can never find a way to win the big games. Second, they got, they're probably the best defense, well, the best guy in the secondary, Darren James, he's out for three or four months. I don't know how they're going to look without him during the most part of the season. Um, he won't even be, I don't know, uh, like of a timetable where he retur- where he could return. I don't even know a timetable he could return. And then Cleveland. Cleveland, everybody loves Cleveland. America loves Cleveland. Everybody's rooting for Cleveland. But they have a first-year head coach. They got a lot of egos. They got a lot of miles to feed on offense. Uh, they got... O-line issues is uh, skeptical as well. So I just don't like those things about those teams. Um, Baltimore as well. Baltimore, I could put. I think I could put Baltimore, Baltimore outside of my Super Bowl bubble as well. Baltimore, they have a great defense. They have a Super Bowl caliber type defense. Yes, they do. 
But Lamar Jackson, like I said, has he improved as a damn thrower of the football? Can he throw the ball down the field? I don't know if he can. He hasn't pro- he hasn't shown it to me. He had the highlight play, real play against the Packers, but I have not seen nothing with the arm, the accuracy, and how predictable are the Ravens going to be offensively? That is what's that is what's holding me back. Those are just some of the problems that are just holding me back from putting these teams inside the AFC Super Bowl bubble. Now, in the NFC, I think I gave you guys uh, within the bubble, I gave you the Eagles and the Pack, the Eagles and the Rams. Those are the two teams that are inside my bubble. I think those two teams are inside the NFC bubble, Super Bowl bubble. I think they're going to be the most dominant teams in the NFC. Um, the Rams, I think they're going to struggle a little bit because I don't know what Todd Gurley I'm getting. But I think the Eagles have the best roster in the NFC. If Carson Wentz stays upright, I think they'll be the best team in the NFC, and I think they'll win the NFC East. Now, some teams that I had outside of my Super Bowl bubble, I had the Saints, I had the Cowboys, I had the Packers, I had the Bears, outside of my Super Bowl bubble. Mitch Trubisky, I don't trust. Dak and Zeke and this whole thing. There's a lot of drama going on in Dallas right now. And first year head coach in Green Bay. I have to see what he do. I have to see what he does. And then Minnesota, I talked about Minnesota. I said they gotta start relying. I talked about the Vikings. They gotta start relying on Kirk Cousins as much to win them games. Go back to pounding the football and playing some dominant defense. Now, I gave you guys my breakout teams on some previous podcasts ago. Now, I'm going to give you teams that I think or may take a step back. And some of these teams might be outside of my Super Bowl bubble, but it's the reason why they're outside of my Super Bowl bubble because I don't think they're quite Super Bowl contenders or bona fide Super Bowl contenders due to some issues that I'm having with them right now. And I'm about to give you those teams. So teams that I think will take a step back. The Saints, the New Orleans Saints, I'm go- I think I'm going to go out on a limb. The New Orleans Saints are going to take a step back. With a 40-year-old Drew Brees, he, you, you saw some decline of, you saw some decline in his play all throughout last, all throughout late last year. It started with, it started with that Cowboy game where that Cowboy defense just completely shut down the Saints for a good share of the game. And they just shut. They just completely shut down the the the, the Saints and Drew Brees. They shut them down. And after that game, from that game on, all the way up to the NFC Championship, the Saints were just never the same. They struggled with Philly in the in the in the divisional round inside them inside the Superdome. They 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 just struggled their way into the playoffs, and they struggled throughout the playoffs. But they were able to withstand and get to the NFC Championship game. Now, you guys say the Saints should have got to the Super Bowl. The Rams, that was a pass interference call. Okay, it was a pass interference call. They didn't call it. Life goes on. That's a part of life. Get over it. The Saints still had a chance to win that game. Don't, get, don't give me that damn excuse that the Rams, they cheated, and the Rams, that should have been a pass interference. Don't give me that damn excuse. I don't want it. I, I don't want it. I'm not, I'm, like I told you, I often say, I'm not in the excuse game, and I'm not in the credit business. I don't give credit, and I'm not going to give excuses. 
That is an excuse why the Saints lost that game. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that damn excuse about how the Saints should have won that game. No. If the Saints could, they should have, they could have kept the ball on the, on the ground, melt the clock away, forced the Rams to use some of those timeouts. They could have did that. Or Drew Brees could have just not thrown the ball. Drew Brees, Drew Brees did throw an interception in overtime. Drew Brees, the, the Saints defense did let the Rams march all the way down the field, kick the field goal to kick the, what, kick the field goal to win the game and score the touchdown? To, they kicked the field goal to win the game and they scored a touchdown to force overtime. That was the Saints defense. The Saints defense didn't they didn't they didn't gather enough stops to stop the Rams. So don't give me that excuse. Don't give me the passing furious excuse. Please don't. Because I'm not going for it. I'm not going for it. Jubrees threw an interception in overtime. The, the game went to overtime. The Saints got the ball. The Saints are explosive offensively, correct? They got the ball. Drew Brees is in, in overtime. If he goes down and score a touchdown, to the Super Bowl. Brees threw an interception. So don't give me that excuse with Drew Brees. Don't give me that. And the Saints, don't give me that excuse. But this is why I, they, 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 the, in the Saints, they talked about it all offseason, how they got robbed and how the NFL should go review the pass interference rule and we should make modifications in the NFL. Okay, they did. They said, okay, we'll just do it. And, they, and now pass interference calls are reviewable. But the Saints, I think they're going to take a step back this year. I think teams like the Falcons, they're not going to be as bad. I don't think Atlanta is going to be as bad as they were last year. They had a couple injuries. They had an injury, a significant injury to Devontae Freeman. I think Matt Ryan comes back and have a better year, even though he had a good year statistically. But I think the Falcons win more games. I think the Panthers win more games as well, too. I have the Panthers as one of my breakout teams. I think this is why the Saints take a step back this year. Because teams within their division, like the Falcons and the Panthers, are going to win more games. They're going to win more than what they did last year. This is why I have this is why I have the Saints taking a step back. Because I think teams in their division are just going to get better. They're not going to be as bad as they were last year. They're not going to be as bad as they were last year. The Cowboys are my next team where I think they take a step back. The Cowboys won a division at 10-6. and six. I think Philly's going to be better than that this year. Philly's going to win. I think Philly wins about 11-12 games. Philly goes about 11-5, and 12-4 this year. The Cowboys take a step back. I don't think they win a division. It's a lot of noise in Dallas right now. I don't like noise. Good teams in the NFL don't have all this noise. They don't have all this selfishness. They don't have it. And the Cowboys, they have all that going on this year. I don't know how this fares. I do not know how this fares. So the Cowboys will take a step back. They'll finish second in the division. I think they'll finish second in the division. And they'll finish, they'll, they'll finish second in the division. 
I think they could probably still get to the playoffs. And I'm not saying they're not a, a Super Bowl contender, but they're not going to win the division this year. They're not going to win the NFC East this year. Philly's going to be too dominant. Philly's going to be too dominant. Philly's going to be too dominant. The Chargers, I think, take a step back this year. The Chargers finished second in the division last year behind the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, I think the Chiefs will be, I think the Chiefs win that division. But the Chargers with injuries with Dern James, he's going to be out for three to four months. And then I look at Melvin Gordon's situation and the contract dispute that they are currently having. I take that on an account. I take all of that into account. And given how Denver looks and comes out, if Denver can put together a good, consistent offense, and if Joe Flacco can lead that offense, I think Denver could possibly be could possibly be better than the Chargers this year. So I think the Chargers take a step back this year. The Chargers will take a step back. I think the Bears will take a step back. Minnesota gotten better, and I think Green Bay wins the AFC, the NFC North this year. So the Bears will take a step back. I think people catch on to the Matt Nagy trick, trickery offense. Um, I'm not so big on Mitch Trubisky. I think he, had, I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's gonna be fine. I'm not as high as of as some people are on him, but. I think the Bears take a step back. I think the Bears will still be in playoff contention. I just don't think they win the a- the NFC North this year. So those are my teams that take a step back. I gave you my Super Bowl bubble, my contenders. I gave you my teams that will make a leap and double their wins. Now I give you my teams that took that's going to possibly take a step back. Okay, so Baker Baker Mayfield. He did a recent GQ article. I don't know what it is about GQ and the Cleveland Brown players. Like I said, America loves the Cleveland Browns. And America loves Odell Beckham. And people are starting to go to love or hate Baker Mayfield and his honesty and how bold he is and how much of a rebel he is. Because he is all of that and some more. Um, and I often say, I, you know, Baker, the things, his antics... I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's talented. I think he's very talented. Um, he's actually turned out to be better than what I actually thought he would be um, so quickly. But I like Baker as a quarterback. But I just wouldn't want I just wouldn't want that as my franchise guy. And I hope his words can back up and lead to some wins this year. Because I, I just don't want that as my franchise guy. The busting beers and uh, the the grabbing your your the, your gra- the grabbing your private parts to the police video, and now the GQ article where he basically calls out Daniel Jones. He said he couldn't believe the Giants drafted Daniel Jones. And usually within the league and the NFL, other positions talk about other positions, but you don't usually hear this from the quarterback position, like. Quarterbacks don't publicly, they don't publicly speak about or speak upon other quarterbacks in their play negatively, at least. Um, there's, there's some rumors around the league that Aaron Rodgers don't particularly like Russell Wilson, but 
<laughs> that's neither here or there. But it, it, it was it was said it was probably said behind closed doors, ne- never publicly, and it just got a lot of it got a lot of you know in now term now terms nowadays terms it would say retweets. It got a lot of retweets, and we have sources where it just came and it leaked out about the Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers not liking Russell Wilson, so he basically says, "Hey, this Daniel Jones kid is trash." That- what Baker Mayfield said, and you usually don't hear this from the quarterback position, and it's just strange. It's Baker. It's Baker. Like, what do you expect? (laughs) Did you expect anything less? He's always on, and this is why you gotta like him. This is why you gotta like him, or love him, or hate him, (laughs) because he's gonna be all, he's always gonna be honest, and he's gonna keep it a thousand. He's always going to be honest, and I just cannot believe that he said such things about another quarterback, another respected quarterback in the league. It's like me talking about another podcaster <laughs> and what they do and how they do and how like how their numbers. It, ju- it it's just not cool. You, you just don't you just don't do certain things. Usually, and usually, other positions talk about other positions and receivers. Talk about how you know other receivers and DBs can't guard them or whatever. That's different. But the quarterback is the guy that is probably the most paid. He gets the most money. He receives the most money on the team. He's the leader in most teams. The quarterback is supposed to stand above that. And this is why, you know, I I, I wouldn't particularly want Baker on my team or or him leading my franchise, but. It, it's just crazy, and he displayed a level of confidence and just who he is in that GQ article. And like I said, it's a lot of chatter. He's I, I'm gonna be on Baker Mayfield like right on rice this season. Him and the Browns. The Browns have received a lot of praise. They've received a lot of media attention. And like I said, the media loves them. That's why I didn't get when people, when, when Baker said, hey, everybody's against Cleveland. No, America is rooting for Cleveland. America wants to see Cleveland do well. They want to see the Browns do well. But I'm just, uh, be very careful. Be very careful of what you say and how you say it. And I'm, I hopefully Baker, the small guy that he is at six foot, can back his statements up. The small guy, he, he, I hope, I hope he can back his words up with some wins. Like, how about you? Be, how about you be the winning team for once? Like, get to the playoffs first before you start criticizing other quarterbacks and a rookie quarterback at that. Come on, Bake. Come on, Bake. And GQ just must love the Browns. They must be fascinated with the Browns. This is the second interview with a Cleveland Browns player. Whew. So, the Cowboys. And, you know, the Jerry Jones joke about Zeke who? Zeke, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and his agent came out and said, hey, they told Chris Morris that they was like, hey, we didn't, ex- we, didn't, we didn't respect that joke at all. We didn't find it funny or humorous. We actually found it disrespectful. And I, I expected that this deal is going to get done. The Cowboys, and I'm, I, you know, I tell you, Trey Zeke, Trey Zeke, that's probably not going to happen. And plus, they're better with Zeke. They're better. I'm a backtrack. They're better with Zeke. They are a different football team 
with Ezekiel Elliott on the field. They're a different football team. And the deal is going to get done. I don't know when. I think, And if you ask me, if I was to make an educated guess, you want me to predict when the deal gets done? I think the deal gets done right before the season starts. I think it gets done right before the season starts. It wouldn't surprise me if the, deal, if the deal gets done in the next two weeks when Labor Day starts coming around. Labor Day or next week, I, I think... I, I I think the deal I think the deal the deal gets done, the deal gets done. I think the deal I think the deal gets done. I'm gonna go with that. So it's been a good podcast today. Did a great job hanging in there. Um, watch some preseason football. Um, I'm also gonna add um I'm also gonna add a segment in my show where or my podcast where. I give you where I was right and wrong. I, I list a couple topics that I discussed from the past few podcasts or past few weeks where I have made bold statements and bold predictions. Um, and I'm going to either tell you if I was right or wrong about those predictions that I made. Um, those hot takes that I made. Um, I'm gonna, So I'm going to add that segment into the podcast as my predictions tend to come about, even if they were right or wrong. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to, to do this segment because, you know, you're going you're gonna to see how correct I am. You're going to see how wrong I am. I, I want to I see how off I was on some of these predictions or how correct I was on some of these predictions. And it just shows you, I'm just going to show you where, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm, gonna pop, I'm probably going to get one of these topics wrong, one of these predictions wrong, and you know, you can see my mistakes and my uh, shortcomings, you can see that, and you got, we can have a back and forth discussion about these things, um, but great podcast, thank you for listening, um, keep clicking away, you guys are doing a great job at that, God gotta pay his bills, no, I'm kidding, I don't have no bills to pay, but keep clicking away, you're certainly doing a good job at that, thank you for all the support. Um, more podcasts is coming. Football season almost here. Let's go. Let's get it. And I'm out.